Blog Talk Radio. Everybody can hear me loud and clear. This is Chef Sessie, Food Alchemist at its greatest. I would like to, okay, I guess we can't really hear. <laughs> I am Chef Sessie from Food Alchemist, and I have the Honorable Noble Pool with us today. And I want you to put your hands together and welcome him. We're going to talk about astrology, and we are discovering all different things from different 
walks of life. So without further ado, here is Noble Anapu. I'm good. Hotep, how are you feeling? I'm I'm excellent, actually. I'm pretty good. Okay, so I want you to, we talk about astrology Mm -hmm. a lot, and I want you to give it to me from what I call the cosmic the cosmology point of view of an astrology from comedic point of view coming from that view can you break it well, down to me for <laughs> yeah um well astrology is said that the ancient egyptians were pretty much one of the first people um who studied studied astrology in secrecy in in the sense uh they actually recorded um planetary shifts cycles um, um, for a very long period of time before um, the next civilization even had an understanding of what it was working with. So we understand the precession of the equinox, let's just say approximately every 26,000 years the sun goes through all of the ages. Um, that's a very long time. And to, 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 you know what I mean? 20, we're talking about 26,000 years. To first understand how long that takes, two, to get the correct correspondence which means you probably will have to wait a whole nother cycle of 26,000 years to because you want to make sure that the data matched the first set of influences which you was observing the first time before you even knew how long the first cycle was. So let's just say, you know, that that's a long time. So let's just say the first cycle, you had to see how long it was, and you, you observing the influence. And the second cycle, was, you know, you said, okay, well, we had a new cycle, then we just need to see if these cycles correspond with each other. So we're talking about approximately 52,000 years of observation so you can make the correct assessment, you know, to double-check the data and whatnot. So, you know, when you're dealing with, when you're dealing with Africa, um, whether it be Kemet, whether it be Kush, um, Ethiopia, you know, the Sudan, you, you, you're dealing with very powerful people, Mali with the Dogon. Um, you're dealing with people who have um, a very thorough understanding of how these celestial bodies work and who always has some type of reference, which a lot of what we call indigenous people, always has some type of cosmic reference inside of their culture, inside of their mythology, inside of their just whole, inside of what we just would call their cosmic makeup, their whole mainframe, and whatnot. So when we get into these signs, one of the um, most popular Egyptian um, zodiac is in the Temple of Dendera. Um, that you can you can go look and you can see how the constellations was actually mapped out. And um, to your surprise, you will see that these constellations are pretty much identical to the same archetypes, the same symbolic uh, archetypes that we have in today's astrology, Western astrology, which you would call tropical astrology, which some people try to um, throw all on the Greek um, simply because they have the mythology behind the certain constellations. But when you study Dendera, in Egypt, and you look at, you know, Aquarius, you see this guy with this, you know, happy pouring out water. You see a dung beetle or a crab there. You see uh, a solar arc uh, with a lion there representing Leo. You see these two guys representing the twins of Gemini. It's it's the same thing, you know what I mean? Right. So, you know, um, it, it then it becomes, it really just becomes a matter of understanding um, the zodiac signs and what particular planets correspond to the uh, what we would call the comedic priesthood or the comedic pantheon of gods and goddesses. You know what I mean? So Mercury is the messenger. 
So then you may um, equate that with um, Tehuti, which is, you know, to the Greeks, that's thought. And it represents, you know, the scribe, the God scribe, you know, the God of the scribes, who simply deals with writing, um, you know, and anything that deals with processing things mentally. You know what I mean? Any, It's your speaking apparatus as well. You know what I mean? So it's just a matter of making the correct correspondence to the Egyptian um, archetypes. I think one of the better books to get, uh, will probably be by Rod Neffer, uh, I mean, which deals with, um, um, you, you deal with any any of his works dealing dealing with the comedic tree of life, um, and also, I'm thinking one of his more popular works, um, I believe he got like four books out on it right now, um, mm-hmm. and it comes to me, I'm literally forgetting, and, and one of my favorite, one of, one of my favorite authors on the whole Egyptian pantheon, um, is a guy by the name of Mustafa Gadala, G-A-D-A-L-L-A, um, and his company is the Tehuti Research Foundation. There's a lot of phenomenal um, work on the Egyptian pantheon um, and even how it ties in into the rites and the festivals or, or celestial festivals um, that ties into the ceremonial rites that was practiced then. It was something, things that we're going to be implementing now. You know, we're in the process of creating a calendar um, that's going to be released hopefully during the spring equinox, but the first date is a lunar calendar. The first date of the actual lunar calendar will correspond to the Aquarian full moon when the sun is in Leo, and that will take place this July of 2013. And um, wow. to get people back into the cosmic mainframe of um, understanding what this energy is all about, and I'll say this, you know, with, with the Egyptians or anybody dealing with the African system, you know, you, you had, you know, various monuments and temples that were built to still our bodies. When you look at what is now called the Temple of Aset, the Temple of Isis, you know, it was said that, you know, they would line the temple entrance up to the star Sirius, and which is really a sun, but it's so far away, it looks like a star. Um, and when that light at nighttime, when that star will line up with the entrance of the temple, it will bounce off the walls and literally light up the main room of the temple because they, mm-hmm. they, they would build it that way. You know what I mean? So you're dealing with people who built what we call Tekkens or what is known as the Obelisk right now in Washington, D.C., known as the Washington Monument. You know, mm-hmm. you have it in New York at, at Central Park, which is one of the, which is a real one. That actually comes from the land. I had the pleasure of touching it before, uh, made out of the limestone. So you definitely, if you ever get to Central Park in New York, you want to touch that because that's something that comes directly from the land. And um, when you understand the modern-day uh, priesthood through Catholicism, um, you will see in St. Peter's Square that they put a Christian cross on top of another Tekken or obelisk, um, and right there in St. Peter's Square, uh, which is home of the Vatican. You know what I mean? So uh, it's very, it's just very, you know, very rich history. It's very important um, that we can make the cross parallels if we can. Um, well, we ha- actually, could you spell the name of that author again, uh, Mustafa? Yeah, yeah Mustafa um, Gadala. Um, Mustafa is M-O-U-S-T-A-F-A. Last name is Gadala, G-A-D-A-L-L-A um, is his name. And um, Tootie Research is the name of his um, publishing company, so um, you may get it. And then you can get um, 
Ra Un Nefer Amen's books. Um, oh, I love them. <laughs> right, right, and who really, really breaks it in and whatnot. And um, I know some of his books have for a minute with the Asar set community. Um, some of his books were out of print for a minute, so I don't know if they back in, but I know a few months ago some of them were out of print. So it's kind of hard to find. Um, but if you look up Ra Un Un Nefer N E F E R Amen A M E N, his books are the Metanetters. So what I was thinking about volume ones, two, three, and four. Yeah. He has some other works that deal with um, putting the Egyptian gods on the what we call the Kabbalistic tree of life. You know what That's I mean? what I have. So, <laughs> I yeah, have all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me personally, I like um, I love the Egyptian pantheon. I love playing um I love playing magic in Judaism. Um uh, okay. because I believe that um the I believe that the, the Moors from Africa migrated um into Europe and took a very rich Egyptian science and start codifying certain things by the way of conquest and wars and um you had you just had a very rich amount of text that came through through that what we would call the medieval period. Um, and you just had a lot of uh, you had a lot of phenomenal um, astrological works that could, you can basically trace its roots back from Africa. Um, but that particular time is a very interesting period of time of glory, um, of might, um, strength through warfare, um, but strength through high civilization of learning. Um, and the astrological text, medieval astrology, the various techniques that are used in what we call medieval astrology, the grimoires dealing with the, 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 the ceremonial rites, um, even to the aspect of exorcisms dealing with the whole spiritual plane and just really getting it in. That was a very unique spiritual period in time that has its roots in Africa, you know. So. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, well, trust me. I know I like my uh, Tahuti uh tape that I have from Asura set. So I'm I had a calendar uh done by Mufasa oh gosh. She's from out of um out of Jersey, Montclair, New Jersey. Him and his wife they used to work with Queen of Four. Okay. And he wrote the book Spiritual Spiritual Warrior. Mhm. So I had that book mm-hmm. too. So it's that's, like a purple book. I know you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And it's an in depth book. Really, really in depth. So that started my study um, with that and then start studying some of the stuff uh, with the Asar set in Philadelphia, um, mm-hmm. right there out of the vegan uh, restaurant. And yeah, learned, yeah, yeah, the Blue Nile, which I love. And the sister that was there was actually, she makes beautiful clothing. They teach about Qigong. Um, they do the Tree of Life. They have an oracle that actually does the reading, which is her husband. So I got more into it after my husband died, but my husband was part of the commit in Brooklyn, New York, um, and his passing. So um, I kind of kind of know some, and my name was Aset, Aset Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sekhmet. Of all things, a combination of all combinations. (laughs) So um, without further ado, um, we do have some people in the you know in the chat room. And talking about this, I really wanted that um, you explaining about astrology from that point of view because we get a lot. And people don't understand that astrology is different. When people give different readings, there's different, like um, like you said, from the Kemet, the Egyptian, and all those other views, uh, 
I'm not sure of all of them, but when somebody reads, they they basically ask a lot of people, like, what are you reading from and what are you basing your information from? So Mm -hmm. you explained a lot there. But I did have a question from my friend David. He wants to know, did the the pre-dogma predate the the Egyptians with the theory? Let me get it right. Uh, Did the pre-dogma tradition predate the Egyptians? Did the what tradition? The Egyptians, the Kemetic tradition. Well, yeah. What what was the what was the tradition before the Kemetic tradition? That's what he was saying. Did the did the dogmas predate the Egyptians' tradition? I'm not I'm not familiar with the first tradition. What's the name of the first tradition again? Dog D O G O N Dogon. Oh, the Dogon. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See, the, I don't the, even the do, okay. The Dogon <laughs> tradition. Right. Uh, I don't think so. Um when you when you look at history, um and in its chronology. Uh however uh, however I will say that from what I've seen, um I've seen that the Dogon cultures, um and particularly West Mali um has more in depth um knowledge about the central sun Sirius than I believe what we have in modern day or what we have access to um through what we call history today, which I believe a lot is hidden and or possibly even destroyed in um the comedic priesthood. Um I've seen the most I've seen on Sirius and Kimmy will be um a seven pointed star um and even the temple of Aset being built um to represent that. Um and I can't say that. And even when you deal with the yeah, the Great Pyramids, um those three and one of the chambers um lining up to Sirius while the other things can represent Orion's belt. Um, which is a great testament in of itself, even though you can't find no um historical may not have a whole lot of historical references as far as books with Sirius coming from the Egyptian aspect, but when you understand what I believe Phil Valentine termed the Book of the Earth, meaning that the monuments was the testimonial, the monuments became the book, so the temple and the pyramids became the book because all of these had some type of cosmological alignment, whereas when you get into um, the Dogon aspect, it is believed that the Dogon are pretty much um, people who migrated out of Egypt. So it appears as if Egypt came first. When you look at the glory of monumental structures, that exists where it does not exist in the Dogon culture. However, the Dogon do have a very extensive knowledge on the Central Sun series and the cosmology. So I'm under the impression that um, the Egyptian priesthood um, had... Um, predates the Dogon priesthood, but yet the Dogon priesthood is something that came out of the migration aspect from the Egyptian priesthood. Is where I'm at in my understanding of it. And I'm no history buff. I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm more into astrology, um, the cosmology aspect, and I'm more into what I call activations, into how to um, create events with your mind. And I think that they, you know, the Egyptians were very powerful people. And I think we all live in our respective ages respectfully. We'll probably never build pyramids, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily more advanced because they built pyramids. You know what I'm saying? We can do things that, 
you know, we can do, we can do, we can, we have our own accomplishments inside of this particular time. But when it comes to the star science, um, there's something that hasn't really been revealed, um, and it's something that we've been presenting to the public over the last two years, um, and it's, it's, it's what I term activation. When you can, um, this is not about just knowing what the body is and what, what's coming and, and making a prediction. That's that's easy. It's nothing for me to look and say, oh, yeah, this is likely to happen at this particular time, and bam, it happens. How do you use that pocket of energy in the future when it gets here to manifest your will? You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And how and then how do you do it without necessarily, um, how do you make certain things manifest with your mind? You know what I mean? And that, that's what I think that mm-hmm. we need to get into because we live in the most talked about ages of all times, whether you get to the Egyptian aspect or you go into the Mayan aspect, we live in what is considered to be the golden age. We live in a, we live in a space and time where the sun rises in the middle of the Milky Way. You know what I mean? Where there would be uh, 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 immense light codes coming to the earth that would activate um, the human experience on this particular plane. And there's a lot of great things that we can do with these energies that I believe um, – Supersedes them to a degree in their own in our own respective right, um, but yet it's, a, it's it's the same correspondence if you know what I mean. Because I believe energy never dies; they are alive. They exist on another side of a reality that interacts with this reality, but only show themselves through signs and symbols. And we have to understand what the signs and symbols is. And once we understand how to really see through that particular reality and correspond with that reality, we can make our will manifest much faster on this particular plane. Because the thing is, you go into the whole underworld and we get into the story of Anubis, and when you, you know, you go into that journey in the duat, you know what I mean, or the Amenta, the underworld, you know, or the sun goes through there and it's coming into the west part of the world, you know what I mean, there's some serious energy that takes place in that particular process of transformation, um, simply meaning there's no such thing as death, you know what I mean, Um, and how to tap into that. But to answer the brother's question and bring it back home, I believe the Egyptian priesthood predates the Dogon priesthood. All right. Uh, That was good, but I I think everybody loved the information that you was putting out anyway. So it goes right along with everything that we're we're talking about because it helps give clarification. Um, so that really helps a lot. So without further ado, we just see like everybody's starting to come in. <laughs> now we're getting crowded and crowded in the room. It seems like always. Um, so I'm not going to make you repeat all this information. They're going to just have to kind of go back to archives and listen because you're. You know, some some great books to get on a Dogon, uh, Robert Temple, um, Serious Mysteries. Mm-hmm. And the the Pale Fox is an excellent book because it was translated out of the um out of the French into the English and uh, it deals with um some very um intimate ceremonial rites that deal with the star Sirius and the creation and whatnot and you know, so I definitely recommend those two books, Serious Mysteries and The Pale Fox. I like that. I like that. Have you read the Book of the Be- Book of the Dead? Well, I, ha- I have it on PDF, actually. Um, okay. Uh, what they were called, uh, Book of Coming Forth by Day. Right. So, yeah. So I have it's it. us. 
the, the book of the dead. <laughs> the book of the dead is talking about us right right now. Right. See, we I think we got to get to a point in consciousness where we understand that life is free flow energy. There, there's no such thing as life, and there's no such thing as death. That you know, energy always lives on. And there's a possibility that if you're on Earth now, there's a possibility that you was here before, or you were some divine intelligence elsewhere. What if the reason you're studying this information of the past is because you wrote that in the past so you can trigger um, the, the block memories that you have in this particular lifetime to figure out, you know, what was taking place? I don't, I don't rule that out as a possibility because in, in the creation of the cosmos, uh, everything's a possibility. And to say that it cannot happen is to say what God, a goddess, cannot do. You can't okay. do that. Me, me and my me and my brother Jew, we, we talk a lot. Um, we talk, we converse about you know uh, the impossible, you know the the possible seeming impossible, vice versa. And when mm-hmm. you look at something like the seahorse, or you look at something like the electric eel, you know this is something that you you say technically the electric eel ain't even supposed to be living. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's, it's electric and water. That's pretty. That don't go. You know what I'm saying? Right. The male seahorse carries damn carries a baby. <laughs> so it's a lot of weird, you know, some weird stuff. The, the bee is not supposed to fly according to the laws of aerodynamics and, you know, physics. You know what right. I'm saying? So, and, but yet you got the bee in the Holy Quran as a source, source 16. You know what I mean? So, you know, God's creation is um, is vast, and you can never really rule out anything because to do that is to just to say what God can't do, and I think that's a that's a that's a grave mistake. But I think we have to understand the quantum aspect of reality that. Um, the things that we are picking up and we're studying of the past are things that we laid forth uh, for ourselves, and I believe some of the things are definitely, you know, ancestors that 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 you know left things for us as well. But see yourself in that reality and understand that if people can map out a whole system of twenty six thousand years of the possession of a whole age, you know what I mean? The, what we call the, the great year, twenty six thousand years, you know what I mean? Then you mean to tell me that they couldn't know? About who you are, if you're dealing with the same people that say, "Yo, when you put all the landmass together on the earth, the, the pyramids would be smack dab in the center of the earth, because that's the original prime meridian, not Greenwich, London. So the prime meridian are the way we count um, longitude. I'm sorry, yeah, longitude on the map is off by 31 degrees because the original zero point reference on the map is the Great Pyramid, not Greenwich, London, when they switch time. See what I'm saying? So if if we can do monuments like that and these monuments start to face each other, and another great book to get or information to get DVD, you can watch it on YouTube for free. It's called The Code by Carl Monk, M-U-N-C-K. White boy, tearing it up, killing it. Straight mathematics, no emotions, just mathematics, using what you can call um, archaeoastronomy, Dealing with you know uh, archaeology, you know, um, and and advanced mathematics on dealing with either the height of pyramids, the base of the pyramid, the number of steps of the pyramid, the latitude and the longitude that the pyramid is on, times in the number, dealing with pi, and then understanding that this location over here is pointing to this location over here. You know, you're dealing with a vast amount of people that, that – my point is you're dealing with people who I think I know foresaw either themselves or future people that will come and unravel this 
and understand how this works. And when you look at something like, you know, it's just not Africa that's glorious all over the earth. Then it's not all, all over the earth. You can get into what is called the Sidonia complex and Mars, and then you start understanding that there's a face on Mars. There's a pyramid system that was on Mars. You know what I'm saying? Because this is just one planet. How can we be so naive or so selfish to think that life can't exist anywhere outside of earth? You know what I mean? So when you start understanding these particular places, um, like Greenwich, London, or I'm sorry, when you look at Stonehenge and you take the latitude of Stonehenge and you times the degree, times the minute, times the second, and you get something like 2,160. Well, 2,160 is the same amount of time that it takes the sun to go through one zodiac sign through a procession as it's processing through the great, you know, for the great cycle. Approximately every 26,000 years, it takes about 2,160 years to go through one zodiac sign. Do that times 12, that gets you your approximation of 26,000 years. But then when you come to some place like Newark, Ohio, and you look up the Newark Earthworks or the Great Circle or the Great Octagon right here in, in Ohio, in the United States, and you do the same thing with the latitude and you times it, the degree, the the, the minute, and the, and the second, and it comes out to two, two, 1,600, that's a base 10 system in mathematics. You know, 10, you know, 10, 10 pennies equal a dime, 10 dimes equal a dollar, 10, one dollars equal one dollar, you know, you know, and, and so forth. Ten ten dollar bills equal a hundred. It's a base ten system that they was working with all over the planet Earth, all over. You know what I'm saying? So I think some good things to get as far as understanding astrology on the vast level, because you uh, know Egypt is old. What if there's older pyramids inside of South America that was based off the previous pole shift or what we would call cataclysmic event that actually hit the Earth? So this, the fish people, these nomos that the Dogon talk about, are these fish people that's even in the older Egyptian text. What if these are talking about uh, uh, the ancestors who came by the way of a flood, the great flood that came from another place, another civilization, which is the Americas? Mm-hmm. This is a question. You see what I'm saying? So, right. you know, let's not get stuck in Africa because then we'd be stuck in one place. We are galactic people. We can go outside and, you know, we can see starships. That ain't nothing. That's easy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Anything, when you look into the text of Tutmos, you know, the third, you know, the, the the general, the one that really put it on your behind, you know, it was said that he had a connection with UFOs. You know what I'm saying? So we, we, we are intergalactic people that gets, you know, that get beyond any particular landmass and beyond any particular planet, man. We so called, and it's another some other good books that's out there that I think we need to start exploring. Is there's a book called The Cosmic War, by the name of uh, author by the name of Joseph Farrell, and um, the Cosmic War he proposes a theory dealing with you know quantum physics, um, and 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 he's basically saying it was an interplanetary warfare and the pyramids of Giza was actually used as a as a detonator to send a cosmic ray up into space that actually blew up the planet Maldek or what you would call the planet that's now the asteroid belt that sits in between Mars and Jupiter. It used to be a planet. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm, maybe it's just because of me because I'm in my face age anyway. You know what I'm saying? Well, right. I think we have to start really looking at life at a big, vast level and don't get
get stuck on landmass because clearly we are people um, who deal with time travel and um, space travel. I, I understand that. I like that. Is that we that limit ourselves? We are not limited beings, and that's what I say. And I said limited beings for a reason. <laughs> you mm. know. So, <laughs> excuse me. I've been m- muking my mic <coughs> so I can cough. Excuse me. So I like that. Um, that you basically prescribe basically what we've been taught that we're not limited beings. That we have capabilities doing anything, and that people think we're stuck on Earth, but we really not. And it's not, what is your um, take on the Lanians and the Lemurians, too? I I, I personally, yeah, me, I personally, I personally, again, I I can't rule anything out. When you look at the, um, even today, when you look at uh, a Google image, a satellite version of the Atlantic Ocean, you Mm -hmm. can see, like, landmass. Sister Tanetta Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, who writes a very powerful article, um, called Zilla uh, number 19 in the, in the final call newspaper. At one time, and you can find it on YouTube, you know, has some documentary evidence that, you know, there was some underwater cities um, in off the coast of Cuba, I believe it was, in the Atlantic. that had pyramids and stuff. And you can see it. You know, I, mean, I think you can see it. Um, and when, you, when, I, when I traveled to North Carolina, I remember one time I was told, that this was the area that um, pretty much is the uh, remnants of ancient Atlantis, and that's why it's so beautiful and it's such a powerful vortex of energy that's right there and whatnot. That that part of North Carolina stayed intact. And when you look at the stones, and I have some pictures uh, on my Facebook profile, um, these are heads. Like, there's no mistaking about it. Like, in the Will Hills of North Carolina, uh, where we went for the summer solstice, these are heads, man, and they almost look like a uh, look like a head of a pharaoh, like some big old heads at the top of a rock mountain, just overlooking the whole thing. You know what I mean? So when we get into what is called monolithic structures and whatnot, I can't rule that out. I think there was very high civilizations that was there. As far as Lumeria, I think that's very, very, very possible. Move being in the Pacific Ocean. Because even today, that whole area is known as the Ring of Fire, and it's it's very volatile. There's earthquakes that go off every single day. They may be small. They may be like 2.2 or 1.1 on the richer scale, but it's it's always something to go out. But if you just image search the Ring of Fire in the Pacific Ocean, you will see how much um, that landmass over there from the whole west coast of the United States going up into the you know the west coast of Canada, ringing around into Africa and ringing around into Asia and whatnot. It's called the Ring of Fire, and it's a very unstable landmass over there. And it said that when that continent sunk, and then you got Hawaii as a remnant of that, and Hawaii is a vortex. Everybody wants to go there and spend their vacation and their honeymoon there. Why? Because it's a spiritual vortex that's right there. And also, it, the way it sits on the earth, it sits at an angle of 19 degrees. So anything that's coming in on the 19-degree angle always produces a very serious vortex anyway. But, uh, you know, I definitely believe in moon. And I know firsthand um, that they say that the the the... the the people who migrated from Mu, the Lumerians, went into areas of Northern California, hence Mount Shasta. Now, I've been to Mount Shasta, so it ain't no damn. I read books on it, but I ain't no, 
Ain't no myths and ifs and buts about I've been to Shasta. And I know when I was at the base of the mountain in Mount Shasta, mm-hmm. you can hear this thing umming by itself like, oh. I was bugging like, yo, you hear that? <laughs> like, you can, it's a crystal. That That's real stuff. I swear, man, look, Mount Shasta ain't no joke. I'm serious. If you ever get a chance to go to Mount Shasta, we need to go to Mount Shasta and touch Shasta. Uh, it, it's a crystal, and it hums all by itself. And, you know, when I came out, man, I had my eyes closed. When I opened my eyes, I don't know what it was, man. It just had me in tears for some reason. And uh, it's very, I call it subtle energy. Then you see the prana. You see all this blinking energy that's around you. So the advanced life forms. And, you know, i got a book on Mount Shasta that you can get from um, health research out of Pomeroy, Washington. They carry some phenomenal books. Um, that deals with a lot of um, ancient stuff. So health research, you know, look them up. They got some great stuff. And I got the book from them that deals with Mount Shasta and actual old photogra- uh, photographs of people taking pictures of fairies, you know, literally fairies. Mm-hmm. And then there's also some other stories about reptilian type of things. And then there's also other stories that is kind of this parts of Mount Shasta where if your energy is right, you can put your hand on the mountain and it will totally open up, and the people who um, exist inside of um, what we call Shambhala or inner earth will allow you to come in. And if you understand the cave system, such as in Mammoth, Kentucky, um, there's an underground network of caves that can take you literally all across the United States. So, you know, uh, I, I, yeah, I definitely answer your question. Yeah, Atlantis and, I mean, why not? It's not okay. a possibility that, you know, land wasn't once right there. You know what I mean? Who am I to say? No, absolutely not. There's no proof <laughs> of that. You know, I can't say that. I mean, you just got to kind of kind of piece some things together. And uh, most importantly, you know, sometimes you got to really have a good, thorough um, vibration of understanding because some things just can come to you from an um, intuitive level. And when they do, they, it, it comes to you from the realm of God. You know what I mean? Because some things is just not explainable and whatnot through, you know, traditional means of research. And, oh, it's not in the library, so it didn't exist. Well, okay, whatever. Right. You know, so. <laughs> I like that. I love that. Uh, just, I'm loving, you know, the knowledge that you have and um, especially the information, uh, especially about Mount Sasha. Mount Shasta. Um, like I said, I guess this is basically my journey to go up there. I'm not too far. Well, I'm about eight hours, but I think that was a journey I would love to make to Mount, yeah. Mount Shasta yeah, to yeah. see to see the energy because I went to Sedona and Sedona <clears throat> has all the vortex and stuff and there's different energies and but there's also a vortex in Phoenix, Arizona at different points because there says that certain part of Phoenix they have meridians there that uh, mm-hmm. people are not quite aware of in the vortex and you can feel these little energies but there's also other little portals which mm-hmm. are really interesting too that are actually in Arizona um, and how I got involved with somebody from uh, Kalia, uh, what we call Kalia Kealonic Science mm-hmm. and was breaking stuff down, so it opened a lot of doors. I like that. So, yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, Phoenix. The Phoenix area is, is nice. We we did for 2013, well, 2012, we did the spring equinox in Sedona and spent, spent the night in the hotel in Phoenix. And then we came back on the balancing side six months later for the fall equinox. And we was in Sedona again and, and spent the night in Phoenix. 
um, both times. And, you know, Phoenix definitely is a, is a crystal in itself. Any time that, you know, you can travel an hour and a half, two hours up north and it can be snow on the ground, and you come down there and it's 90 degrees, like, what the hell is going on down here? You know what I mean? So, like, straight up, I mean, because, you know, people think that Arizona is just hot. No, in Flagstaff, Arizona, that's a very high altitude. It snows. Our 40 has to – it snows so much on that part of the United States that they got railroad crossing guards on the expressway that would shut the entire expressway down because it's getting it in like that. Like, it snows in the Grand Canyon, so, you know, people got the perception because they've never been, and it's always hot. No, Phoenix <laughs> is the spot that's just this this crazy Phoenix crystal, you know, this this notion type of energy that's there. Um, you see old dry riverbeds that used to be flowing with water, and uh, I'm a firm believer in the whole Phoenix area that um, that is definitely a sunken city. When you look at, uh, yeah, we even go to the Grand Canyon, you know, they named parts of the canyon the Temple of Isis, the Buddha Temple. Um, they, they just name it after all these great spiritual aspects. And when you stare at them long enough, you can actually see the resemblance of ancient um, monumental structures. And I think that they're actually um, very, very, very old. Like, if they're like old, 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 like older than Lumeria, older than the Atlantis. These are ancient temples that you see and that look like um, you know, they just look like canyons. But when you stare at them and you really look at them, you use, you start to see the symmetry and the geometry that represent temples and whatnot. And I think that slowly but surely, um, they are, um, they're going to be revealed to us and whatnot. When we went to the Grand Canyon for the spring equinox, because um, we just Sedona one day and then we did the Grand Canyon the other day, or vice versa, Grand Canyon first in Sedona. Um, you know, we got pictures of some things that's just like really monumental. When you when you when you look at um some some things look like a castle, literally. And we got nothing but we always got light orbs that pop up around us. And I'm under the impression that the hidden earth or the one aspect of the hidden earth are these ascended masters. They exist in pure life form energy and and, and, and by balls of light. And they are out there doing some work that takes a very, I would say, a little bit longer period of time as far as reshaping the landmass for us to understand what it is or where it is that they exist at today. You know what I mean? Because we know we in these pictures, you're taking these pictures and you got these orbs of light just popping up like, yo, put me in it. Yo, I'm right, you know, what's up? I'm with y'all. But yet, in the physical, you don't know that that's there. It takes, because the pineal vision is not all the way there yet. You know what I mean? Now, granted, we do have one system on the team that's there that's like, oh, yeah, I see all this little energy around. And then when the picture come out, be like, yep, boom, 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 it's right there. You know, what What does that mean to have an intelligence in the form of light that is that, that wants some type of interaction from you, but you don't even know that they exist? You know what I'm saying? Right. In our physical world, we don't even know that they exist, and you know, and what are they doing to that area? Obviously, it's gonna to have to take to to physically shape something in the area uh, where we don't even see them. Is it's it's hard enough that we don't even see them, let alone for them to be able to shape a landmass for us to understand what's really there for us. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, for me, I'm I'm a North America fan because okay. I believe that that North America. 
is the hidden wilderness. It's 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 the gold mine. When you just do uh, a cross parallel understanding that this is the biggest, baddest boogeyman and superpower that has bullied the world and punked everybody out, how can this not be a crystal? It has to be a crystal. The sacred geometry all over this place, and they give it to you in masonry through symbolism. And, you know, I've always say that when you look on the back of the dollar bill, the pyramid is not in the east. The pyramid is on the west side. And when you understand the third degree of master ma- uh, the master mason, then you know that they took the master builder on a westerly course. They didn't take him to the east. They took him to the west. And then you had to resurrect the dead body of Hiram from the west. You know what I mean? And then later, in the later degrees in the Scottish Rite, there's an obelisk that, that, that is erected in the west and an urn placed on top of this obelisk in the West. So, you know, National Treasure was about the Egyptian treasure being at Wall Street. At the end, that was the moral of the story. Like, oh, damn, y'all was already here. And then part two was the Omex was at Mount Rushmore. Oh, damn, y'all already here again. That's the moral of the Masonic story. You already over here. But... I think we do ourselves a terrible disjustice when we try to get out of here and we we feel disconnected from this place because this place has a lot of hidden jewels and treasures um, that, like I said, correspond to other great monuments um, all across the world. Serpent Mound in Ohio, uh, Fort Ancient, you know, just to name a few, you know, Poverty Point in Louisiana, Kyokia Mound, the Philadelphia Art Museum used to be what I call the Pyramid of the Sun, but they knocked it down and put the art museum there. You know, we have, um, and you can Google image, you know, uh, Philadelphia Waterworks by Thomas Birch, and you will see how big that structure was. It was a step pyramid. You can see it. And this is before they put the Philadelphia Art Museum there. And that's why that was the capital at one time, because that's where we used to do a lot of sun god energy right there. And whatnot. So you know, and then and then the ancestors as well, because you would get somebody that would come out of Philly named Sun Ra, who would come mm-hmm. back and you know take you to the next level, you know. And you got to be able to pick it up and understand what's taking place in this day and time. So we're just not limited to one particular landmass, man. We ever there, and they ain't never there. Okay. I got somebody like wow. Hold on for one second. So I have a question for you. Well, we do have a – I'm going to – I wanted to know if you had any particular songs that you like. Any songs that I like? Songs, you know, like music. I usually like play songs. I didn't get that from, you know, your assistant. Oh, well, you you know what? I'm a little musically depressed right now. Oh, because you know, um, I you know, there's a certain level of music that 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 you know I, I kind of I left I left a certain aspect of music I would say hip hop in a rap game in around the '96 era of life. You know what I mean? So I keep my ear out and I and I listen to you know what's good and I know hits when I hear hits and whatnot. You know what I mean? But I think that where I'm at right now. Um, you know, I, I just look for how the current, how the spiritual current of the ancestors is operating through people, for people to understand the symbolism um, that's coming through these modern messengers' um, mouths. So I'm a little musically, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like, you know, who I like, I like, I like a young brother. Um, 
by the name of Ab Soul out of okay. um, out of California, which rolls with Kendrick Lamar, and um, it's a beautiful brother um, that that deals with a lot of high science. And I like little young Kendrick Lamar too, because um, he, he he's really talking about revolution, and he ain't no dummy. You know what I mean? And um, you know, so I, I like I like some things, man. It depends, you know what I mean? It, it depends. Sometimes <laughs> I can just go crazy, and I'll be feeling some crazy Lil Wayne. He's crazy to me, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> just, just, just despite his crazy, you know, activity that's very questionable on a whole other level that I don't really want to talk about, you know what I mean? So it, it, it really, it really depends, you know. It really depends. Okay. On, could I, could I, could I persuade you? Because I have some people on the line, and I want to line them up for you. Um, so I want to take a music break for you to give you some time because we're actually almost going like an hour without you just stopping, and we're down to eleven minutes. So okay, sure, I wanna, yeah, yeah. I want. What about some Sade, King of Sorrow? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know my dad, <laughs> man. My dad played a guitar to her on a stool to this day. You know that's how I grew up. Him, you know, him playing the guitar to Sade. You know. So. Okay, so sure. we're gonna listen to some Sade. That is. For almost five minutes. So we give you a break and we're gonna be right back and I'm gonna take the callers and line you up and get you on the way. So uh, you take take a water break, do whatever you gotta do, use the little boys room, you know. <laughs> <indeed>. <laughs> Without further ado, this is Shade, King of Sorrow. Down here. 
the wrong man, dealt the wrong hand. When young and beautiful, loads and turns out, what you let that nigga do to you? Damn. I know it since elementary, she blew a kiss to me. Wrote me a note and crayon, wanted to get with me. Six kids, that's you got three kids. They see father eight day now, know who he is. Seen him last night, homie roller E-class. Mad cheese in the stash, still a that beat dad. I bring up parents and food, just as I do. Nothing really I can do. Nah, I feel pity for you. You ain't even this wife. Seventeen with three kids. Locked down for life. Should've told me. She lost the OD from pressure. Pressure. Start at an hour um, consultation, 
And right now, probably up to about maybe five readers um, that's on the site. That's why it's called My Astrology Coach, where you can actually select um, you can select one one of us um, to actually read you. Um, my personal readings that I do, I'm actually backing away from personal consultations in the very near future because I just decided to focus my energy elsewhere to opening up um, some bigger things that I know we need to be dealing with as a people on a stellar level. Um, mm-hmm. However, as a way of me just um, forever just, you know, helping and giving back to the people, uh, what I did was create, uh, we have a radio show that comes on every other Thursday, and it'll be on this Thursday right here on Blog Talk, just type in Ampu Astrology, um, Thursdays at 12 noon East Coast time called the Astro Tarot Hour, where it's myself and Sister Keisha, and you get what's called a double dose where you get um, you ask a question and you'll get an answer from the tarot card perspective and then from the astrological perspective. We also offer that particular reading on the website. Now, I do do consultations by myself, but like I said, I'm actually about to back out of it, so I'm doing some other things. Um, however, there is one called the double dose that's there, and that is with me and Keisha, and it's absolutely my favorite uh, reading to give because it one, it's one that deals with balance, the male-female energies, but you get in two different perspectives that are saying the same thing, the tarot perspective and the astrology perspective. And most importantly, you're getting two readers for the price of one. So you basically getting a free reader in on the consultation. You ask any question you want, and it has so much color to it. All consultations are recorded, and then upon completion, uh, we download the MP3 and we send it to you, uh, which is your session, and you can always play it back at your own um, at your own liking and whatnot. So you just visit myastrologycoach.com and you'll just click on consultations, and you'll see the different consultations that exist. Um, that's there. Um, I do all my readings for me. If it's on a personal level, um, all my readings generally are before one. Um, PM. I do not read people at night time. I don't do it. I'm a totally different being at night, and I really roll with the sun when I'm channeling energy, and not with moonlight energy when I when I work. I do other things uh, at, at night time. Um, the foundation aspect of what we do. Uh, we had a children of Mayat, um, children of Mayat dot org, um, which is a nonprofit organization that we have that helps children, and we have what is called the OL Love Fund. Uh, where you can subscribe and you can, you know, sign up for $19.99 a month, or you can just make an open one, you know, once a month donation, however you want to do it. And we have our first annual Back to School Star Jam, where our children are stars, um, scheduled for um, August of 2013 in Chicago. So some information that's on the website, childrenofmyot.org, and also I believe it's on the main website, which is myastrologycoach.com under the events tab. And, you know, it's real basic. It's just like, you know, we know we got to take care of the next generation, so we created a fund that's going to be there to help children get in school, help them get the necessities that they need um, to get in and whatnot. And we are looking for sponsors, just not, you know, people who can donate, but people who want to become a corporate sponsor because we're going to have some very professional folders um, that we're going to pass out to the parents of the community so you can take your, you know, so they can take your business home and they can get to know you, you know, and your business as being a sponsor. And uh, it's an excellent way to just advertise and market and, and bring it back into the community, you know. Uh, so that's that, childrenofmyot.org. And then on the main website, myastrologycoach.com, click on memberships, and you will see something called the Toel Love Fund. Toel Love Fund 
is the first community fund that I've seen in what we call black consciousness that has actually came together. It's been together for now going on like nine months, and we've paid over 50 people's bills. So every month we pitch in $13, and then every month at the end of the month, we go ahead and we pay four people with bills. We divide that whole pot out by four, and we send people money, and then you get your turn. On average, you get a turn once a year. So, you know, you get your money back, and, you know, what happens, too, like say if we sign up, let's say if we're running in a linear year, and we start in January, and we end in February, we end in December. Say you sign up in December. Well, you know, or you just signed up, and you at the end. Well, what we do is we reverse the cycle on the next year. You know, the last become first and the first become last. People in the middle, you can stay in the middle. Oftentimes, people just pass their turn, and they're just happy to be a part of it, and we love that so much about the people who participate. You know, it's just like, hey, you know, hey, go pass it to somebody else. I'm kind of good. And then a lot of times people be like, yo, this is right on time. I just had this bill. I didn't know how I was going to pay it. You know, we didn't pay people cell phone bills, pay people bills that was due to bill collectors, and... You know, we can put you up in the future too. So say you got a little forty dollar monthly bill and the payout may be two hundred, you know, we can give you a credit, you know, we put that all on. You don't have to pay a phone bill. Like one two people pay their phone, they ain't had to pay a phone bill for two to three months. You know what I mean? So they actually got to save money that they was accustomed to spending on a monthly basis from the love fund. So, you know, it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. So you just check that out, myastrologycoach.com, and click on memberships, and you'll see it. It's called the Toel Love Fund. And um, it's just what it's about. It's just about using common sense, and that's what astrology is about to me. Everything in creation is astrology. I don't care what it is. You name the subject, you name, you name it, I can tell you where it is in the zodiac, and therefore it's, it's in God's creation. And, you know, taking care of the children and helping people pay their bills is, is just things that I believe astrology should be about um, because astrology encompasses everything. You know, it's just not about me talking about the stars. It's about us helping children because children are ruled by the sun. It's ruled by a Leo frequency. And what, and most importantly, people need to understand this. Like I put on a children of org on, on a blog that um, every every out of a, out of a day, 24 hours in a day, Every once a day for two hours, there's a two-hour window every single day that people are born with um, karma with children. And this is based off understanding the planet Saturn. Um, you know, so when you were born and you have Saturn in the fifth house of your natal chart, then you are a person who was likely to have some type of um, burdens with children. You have to take responsibility for children or it's going to become a hardship for you. You know, that's nothing to play with here. And Saturn represents denials and limitations and life lessons. But on the higher octave, it's all about success. It's all about hard work and discipline and climbing the mountaintop. You have to take your time and be very, very, very practical, but you will succeed once you take responsibility for it. And, every, you know, there's a two-hour window every single day that people are born with this particular placement. And then there's a group of people who were born with Saturn and Leo. You know, the people that's born, let's just say, from 76 to some parts of 78, but some people 77, it wasn't there, but then it retrograded, it came back. But there's, you know, every, you know, Saturn stays in the zodiac sign approximately two and a half years on average. So there's a group of people who were born with Saturn and Leo. Leo represents children. Here goes Saturn again, represents restriction and stuff. So 
So, you know, this is somewhat of a generation of people who were born within a two-hour time frame that has um, severe um, responsibilities to step up to to deal with children, i.e. that can turn into some very stress and karmic type of things. So we need to really understand this particular phenomenon that's taking place cosmically. We can see it. Um, you can see it in our community. And I also think we have done a way better job than the previous I'm born in 77, and the previous generation um, who was notoriously known for not having fathers there, and I think that the men of today are uh, around their children much more so than, than the people of yesterday was and whatnot. So, you know, astrology to me is just bringing it home and implementing um, the things that are necessary in all of the 12 areas of life, and it defines everything. Everything is defined by the zodiac in my reality and how I see the world. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Say I wish I would have known, but it's a, it's it's interesting. You were born around a little bit after me, so you're still a little bit young. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, just by six years, but it's all good. Um, um, I don't know. See, with that, so I, I'm glad about that. So without that, I was going to um, bring people. Online, but you said that you don't do readings after the sun, and I know if the sun is down and it's dark and damp here, the sun is definitely down over there and on the east coast, correct? Correct. Oh yeah, it's been down hours ago. Okay, okay. So, and I don't do. I haven't did early morning shows. I might have to rearrange that some somehow, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for that. Oh no, you had you had readings on there. Yes, I did, love. I did. Oh, so. I had readings on there and whatnot. I mean, we can shoot it. We, 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 we can shoot it. shoot it. I just don't. Okay, well, all Let's right. See, on, now, I don't. Let's check, check, check and see. You want to check with your people? Let me, um, <laughs> let me pull up. Let me pull up my Astro account. Okay, first one is Arlene. Say, welcome to the show, Arlene. Hi, how you doing? Hey, Arlene, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> doing pretty good. Um, well, um, I would like to see what you have in terms of um, housing, whether or not you see me moving in time in the future. And my birthday is June 27th. 1944. Uh, June 27, 74. What time were you born? Uh, two. I'm uh, sorry. 12:55 p.m. Uh, Manning, South Carolina. Wait a minute. 12. What 55. was it? 55. P.m. Yeah. And what's the city again? Uh, Manning. South Carolina. Okay. 
Okay. And you looking to move? Yeah, I'm, I'm just checking to see if you see any particular time that would be pretty good to to make make some make some moves. Mm, yeah. Um I think the best time for you let me let me go pull up in Simmers real fast because um let me see here, twenty nine Yeah, you're on a critical point. Let me see. For you, you want to pay attention to the planet Jupiter. Um, Jupiter is um, it's the most benevolent energy that we can have in the solar system, and it really represents uh, a lot of good luck and abundance and growth. The most that Jupiter can do to you um, is give you too much of. In this particular case, Jupiter is a planet that, that governs over your home. Now, where Jupiter is currently at in the sky, it's in the place, it's in Gemini, and it's in the place where it's considered to be in this detriment, and it currently is in a retrograde motion, which appears from my vantage point as if the planet is going backwards. And it can cause some problems because of this, this particular placement. It's not a favorable one, and the motion that it is going into right now is not a favorable one. Um, so decisions that are made about the house are likely not to be favorable. But however, since we are dealing with Jupiter and we're dealing with luck here, I've seen people hit the lottery on what is called a square dealing with Jupiter, which is not a happy placement at all. But Jupiter's its energy is, we call it the Santa Claus uh, uh, of astrology because it just wants to give type of thing. Well, you want to wait until after January. You want to wait. Uh, the last day of the retrograde I have is January 29th. And you really want to wait a period after that. So we just say when energies is direct in February, um, the energy is more favorable for you. But to really be more exact, I think one of the better times for you would be, let me see here, move him on up. And I know he's coming out of there in June, but let me see something. May... When the energy is shifting to that 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 May June that May June era when the season is really about to set in, um, that's a time where Jupiter will be what we call in opposition, taking a look at your home life, and it'll be on the complete other side of the board. But he would be looking directly at it, and there's an opportunity that can come in at that particular angle. And plus. Um, he won't be too far away from your son, which would be bringing you some type of blessing. So you you can have an opportunity as early as um, late January, February, but I would say the better opportunities will really present itself around the May-June area. And that's not to say that you can't have an opportunity and make a move on it because, again, Jupiter's energy always denotes that we can bounce back relatively pretty quick. Uh, from a bad situation. So if you made the wrong move with a home, you'll be all right. You you'll be good. You know what I mean. You really would, um, because it's just a it's just a big old blanket of protection. But the really, I, I think the better energies would be around May to June, and pay attention to the opportunities at that particular time. Okay. Okay. Much appreciated. Thank you. Very welcome. Uh, and thank you, Chef. You're welcome, love. You're welcome. You're welcome. And we're going to put you back in queue, you, and then we're going to bring on David. Welcome, Hi, David. Stephanie. How are you doing, love? I'm good. How are you? Did he give a one wonderful presentation or what? Yes, he did. I, um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm really enjoying it. Thank you, Anpu. 
You're very welcome. So um, I was born March 18th, 1954. Okay, March 1854. That's right. Okay. At 11.30 p.m. All right. Um, in Los Angeles, California. City of the Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. okay, baby. All right, what can we do for you? Um, well, I was really hoping to get your particular um, slant on my chart. I mean, I've 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 done my chart uh, several different ways. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know if that's too broad, though. If it is too broad, I can just throw out a specific question. Um, yeah, everywhere. You know, your, your chart it has some very sacred points in it. And, you know, when, when you see geometry like this, David, I mean, it just tells me that you you are a master. You have a pyramid in your chart. When you, when you look at this big old um, square formation and it has an X going from each corner to corner, yeah, you know that that is called a Grand Cross, and it was known as the Grand Cross of Atlantis. And um, some, you know, some records say when a person is born with the Grand Cross of Atlantis, this is an ancient master who chose to come into this particular lifetime to really master some things. So um, I'm trying to think who was born with a Grand Cross. I want to say, I want to say Steve Jobs, maybe, um, if I'm not mistaken, was born with a Grand Cross. And it shows you how to overcome difficulties, whereas the average person born with all of this friction, because when we look at this, imagine a square and then draw an X in the middle of a square. That's that's nothing but 90-degree angles and then the, the, then the X going in the middle is opposition. These are planetary bodies that are opposing one another, and that's conflict with other people, and then the square points are challenges, these, these outside stimulus um, that creates these challenging situations. You know that it particularly put us in a in a, in a confrontation with somebody. Um, but on the higher side, this represents a master who is here that has tremendous driving force because that friction is needed to produce growth. I call it resistance. When you're working out, you have to have resistance in order to build muscle. You know what I mean? When you look yeah. at nature, things grow against gravity, plants and seeds, and they they grow out of the ground against the laws of gravity, you know what I mean? So, you know, that's what you were born with. You came in carrying a very sacred seal of life. And uh, if I had to go through all, I couldn't go through all of it in, in this particular setting because of the nature of how everything is spaced out and all of the geometry that's taking place. Like I said, a square with an X. That looks like a pyramid. That, that's what happens when you change your perception of, of the square and the X. It's a pyramid. It's four sides to it. It's forming little triangles at the point. You know what I mean? So that's one thing. Um, you also was about to form. I can tell. I can definitely see what you're here to. You was about to form a six-pointed star in the middle of all of this. That's what you was working on. Uh, and it's just some planetary bodies that was not quite close enough to bring it together. Although it, it it is it is it is it is working on getting there, so I almost see a six-pointed star formation, uh, a five-pointed star inside of all of this, which deals with you know the number six deals with perfection, 
Um, it's the first perfect number of the universe as we teach it. And the reason why we say the number six is the first perfect number of the universe is not because God created things in a six-day period. What that is talking about is when you take the divisors of the numbers that go into six, the number one, the number two, and the number three, those are the only numbers that you can go into the number six, and you add them together, one plus two plus three equals six. So a perfect number is when you take a number and add the divisors. When you add the divisors, it equals the number that you, you know, you're trying to get into. And six is one of those um, numbers, and it's only, what we would say, three of those under 1,000. So um, you're forming that energy when you're dealing with the number five, and here you, you're dealing with a lot of um, spiritual energy that's, that's, that's there as well. So it would take me a little while to really um, hone in on uh, some things for you uh, in a private setting because your energy is um, very eloquently um, placed everywhere in your chart. You've got planets everywhere, like this <laughs> everywhere. You know, you have another formation that's called a kite. You know, it looks like a, a it looks like a kite, and you know, with your planet Pluto and Leo, um, and that that deals with you know that deals with something it represents you know you have opportunities that come in from relationships. Um, I can give you a quick forecast and let you know that you could be expecting. Let me see, it's eighteen, maybe in the month of May. Let me see. Yeah, you can, as, uh, at no later than May, I would say around April, May, um, you can be expecting some type of news and some type of relationship. Um, if you were to deal with anything on a legal side, I wouldn't necessarily be um, worried about it because you got Jupiter in the seventh and you're protected in legal battles type of things. Um, so, you know, I would just, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's a, there's a particular, there's an energy that's coming that's saying that David can expand in his relationships at this particular time. It may be a new relationship or it may be a relationship that you're in that is going to take on a bigger, broader meaning and it's very possible around this time that you may, um, get the urge around the summer, we're talking about May, June, that you may end up traveling outside of the country or taking some type of road trip. At the very least, it's a road trip, but you have some energy that's there that says that you can travel outside of the country um, this upcoming summer. You know, so wow. watch that. That's fabulous. <laughs> that's way more than I expected to hear. Thank you, Anpu. I appreciate yeah, it. You're very welcome. And keep, yeah, keep me posted, man, definitely. Okay. Oh, wow. Thank you, David, for calling in. So let's have our next caller. I'm going to put you in queue. And 707. Hello? Hello? Could you give your birth date, please, and say hello to our guest, please? My birth date is January 16, 1992. Wait a minute, hold on. Wait a minute, hold on. January 16? Yes. 1992? Yes. And what time and were you born? I was... Oh, repeat that again. I didn't hear you. And what's your time of birth? Mine... Not my number or my time? Your time. Time of birth. Oh, it was 7.45 p.m. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 7.45 p.m. in Philly. 
And you have a question? You can't have no problems. You're too young to have problems. But go ahead. No, I, I was just wondering, um, my just with my general um, astrology, my astrology of map. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Um, whoa. Whoa. One, two, three, four, five. Hmm. Have you ever thought about working with children? Um. Doing any kind of work inside of the arts, theater arts, anything dealing with um, drama, stage? No, I I don't like I have stage fright. Hmm. <clears throat> well, why do you think that is? I hate anything that grabs attention to me. I don't. I don't mind. I don't mind being a leader, but mm-hmm. if I'm, I'm like no one else takes it. But if someone else wants it, I'll gladly give it to to them. And mm-hmm. I, I'm just like I don't like. People staring at me while I'm acting or dancing or speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what what about what about um, how is your feeling about children? Children, I love I love children, and mm-hmm. I mean, what I want to be I want to do be as an entrepreneur and open a hotel for people um, children basically who are mentally able disabled and um. Physically disabled, so they can be more independent. Mm-hmm. There it is. And the, re- the reason I ask you, children out the gate, is because you have um, that's what majority of your energy is at. If I'm counting ten planets in the solar system, um, one, two, three, four, five. You got fifty percent. You got five planets in this particular area that deals with children and creativity, and then you also have what is known as the North Node. Uh, which is known as your soul's mission, which you are here to do. You're here in this lifetime to learn about children, to learn how to be creative, um, to learn how to be more loving, um, which means that there's a past life marker that's there that said that um, you could have put the group first, you could have put organizations and humanity first, you could have been the revolutionary type of person that did it at the expense of really enjoying and loving um, your loved ones and or your children, you know what I mean? So this go around, there's just a strong emphasis on you having a very strong connection with children, and you should also probably look into some type of government funding because you also can work for the government. Um, you could really exceed if you did work for the government. Um, you would probably become some type of supervisor as such. Um, so you may want to use, I don't know, maybe government grants or a government job that will help you um, you know, just help you get to, if that's a short-term goal, to help you reach a long-term goal. If you need to seek modern or just what we call basic employment type of thing, you should look into working for the government because it would be great for your resume anyway, especially since you want to deal with children, you know what I mean? So you definitely want to have um, your credentials up to par, but look into government type of jobs. But majority of your energy is right there working with children. Um, and you will be extremely successful 
um, in doing such. But you have to work hard at it. Um, when you are a Capricorn, Capricorn energy doesn't rush. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything fast. It takes its time. It's just a very practical sign. And it's the old um, story of how the turtle beats the the rabbit in the race, and that's what you have to be in order to make this dream a reality of yours. But you definitely have very, I mean, very very strong markings to work with children. Okay. Wow. <laughs> wow. Anything else, love? You want anything? No, that was it. Yeah, oh, stay wow. away from guys. If you're in a relationship, don't deal with no guys that's messing with drugs <laughs> right now. No, I'm telling you because that because you 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 that that person can get locked up. Um, and you you know you want to be careful. So if you even you just want to be careful, you know what I mean. So don't deal with nobody that's you know anybody that's in the in, in the relationships for you are should be of the highest spiritual magnitude. You make sure that y'all have the same spiritual core and that y'all can share the same spiritual values, that is very important. Or Because you have a marker that you will sleep with your enemy, and you won't even know it. But you're protected, and it will come out, but you don't want to go through that. But most importantly, during this particular next 14 years in your life, and you have you was born with it, but it's just more intense, you do not want to be caught up with guys that are into illegal things because the way some energies is that it's a strong possibility that somebody can have um they can get, they can be confined at this particular time in your life. And you don't want that to reflect on you and the work that you're about to put in. Okay. Wow. I like that. Okay. Thank you. I'm gonna put you in queue. And we have we have Chris, you've been unmuted. I'm there. Hey, Cecily. Hello, Anku. Thank you for taking my call. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thanks very much. And um, right. so David, David is speaking very highly of you. You know. Uh, oh. And that's that's because you know now he wants everyone to call him master or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, David. David. Well, look at his name, David. You know he. he I know. He, I know. He he's he's definitely a master. <laughs> yes. He's yeah. gonna be impossible to live with now, thanks for that. <laughs> anyway, uh so my birthday is December fourteenth, sixty five. Okay, wait a minute. December fourteenth, sixty five. And what time were you born? Two twenty five PM. Okay, and what city? Edmonton, Alberta. Okay. Canada. <laughs> uh, what was it again? Edmonton, E D M O N T O N. Okay, I got you. All right, and what you want to know? I'm looking uh, mostly into employment situation. hasn't been great, and I really will need something in the early part of this year. I yeah. wonder if there's yeah any idea mm-hmm. on how that'll go or what area to focus or anything like that. Uh, la, 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 la. let me see something. Mars is at twenty-three. You, you're having what's called a Mars return right now, um, and you too have to um, 
you too had this government energy that's there that could deal with some type of government assistance or or filling applications out for anything that may be available via the government. So it may be some form of assistance or just something that's dealing with that particular uh, that particular area. You have really now, but see the thing is, you have to get up and go get it. Uh, this is a time where you're supposed to reflect a high level of energy, where um, Mars is a great activator. This is the one that wakes up before it's time to go to work, and you work out, and then you go start your day. You got this, I'm going to take over the world type attitude. You Are you all right? Think, yeah. You know, it's, it's that type of thing. So right. you have to really get up and get out and go conquer it, because you have from now... Let me see something here. That's about, ooh, it's far. That looks like it's about 10. Mm, let me see. That's going to probably be in January. You have until now, until January the 9th, to really put a strong effort um, into, you know, getting up and making that effort. And it can happen for you. It can happen it yeah. can happen for you from now to January the ninth, and that's not too far from here. We got like right. a little less yeah. than we got yeah, almost a good month that's, right. that's coming around that can really help you out around this time. So um also let me see the sun yeah, nineteen, let me see. Um do 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 Yeah, the dinner tenth. Yeah, I would say around the January ninth era is it's it's a it's a it's a great energy that's there. Um even though one planet starts to leave out, then you get another set of energy which is the sun that'll help you out. There's a mantra that I can give you if you email me. Um, okay. Email me at Ampu A N P U um at myastrologycoach dot com. And, um, yeah, just tell me, you know, just give me a reminder that we talked on this radio show. And I want to give okay. you a mantra that we use in my solar power program that deals with career and success and helping you find your divine path. And it's going to be an exercise that you're going to have to do to synchronize your consciousness with the sun. And it's okay. very important that we start dealing with that. And uh, we, can, awesome. we can see, you know, make, make some miracles happen for you. Excellent. I'll uh, definitely email you on that. Thank you so right. much for that. You're very welcome. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Ashley. You're welcome. Take care, guys. Okay. okay. Now we have, we have uh, our beautiful Marvin, Dr. Boogaloo Smith. How y'all doing? Hey, hey what's here. up, Brother Marvin? What's going on? Hey, man. It's good to hear from you. You sound good, well, young man. I mean, I'm, I'm 63 right now. Well, I'm really 62, but I feel like 63. I mean, I don't feel like 63. I feel like I'm already 63 in the sense that I got to wait a few more days to be 63. I'm already yeah. 63. This is the most <laughs> That's right. Most here, you know what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So I want to give you my credentials on my numbers. Now, I've got three nines on the line. And I know very well numerology. That's why I know that you sound real strict and real heavy about what you really did your homework very, very well. But I want to tell you, I got 60 years of Buddhist mantra reading. Uh I'm a master Tai Chi Chuan. Mm -hmm. I'm a right master. They can't put no level on me. They be talking about that 33 from the master and all that. Look. Right, right. Me, 
it ain't no level. I hit you because I want to hit you. Mm-hmm. I've got a boy named Dave Williams. He's in Melbourne, Australia now, and he had chronic pain. I surfed the Internet looking for people that need help. And if you listen to me for five minutes, I take the pain straight away from you. Mhm, mhm. And, and I ain't no whole lot of concentration. Back on chat, I do it on chat. And Dave Williams is with me now. He's way down the milk. It would take me twenty-four hours times four planes to get to him. Right. In a, so this Reiki energy can hit you the moment you think about it. Because mm-hmm. it. It's the intent, the spiritual intent that you go that 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 your life will go to and go go up in front. Marvin, Marvin, I don't right, mean to right. interrupt you, love. I I need you to give them your birth date. Okay, here it comes. Twelve, twenty nine, nineteen forty nine. Okay, hold on. Twelve, twenty nine, nineteen forty nine. What time was you born? Two twenty-eight in the morning, a.m. Okay, what city? Ingle. Well, I was born. Uh, they say Inglewood, but the hospital was really in Teaneck. Teaneck, New Jersey. Yes. All right, what, you, what, what can I possibly do for the thrice great? Well, you really can't do nothing for me because I started with nothing, and now I've got a recording studio worth $500,000. I didn't pay no money for it. So mm-hmm. I would like what you want to say about them three nines in that chart because I know that I'm winning. But I want to hear what you're going to say. But it's about okay. the energy Uh-huh Uh-huh Okay I'm the master of the energy So I want to hear Well Like you said you it's, it's, it's nothing You I say it like this And I'm going to say this tonight Because I, I got a radio show that's coming up And I'm going to get into this We won already and you already won, and you know you won. And like the the one key thing that you already said was, it's about the intent. And once that thought form is there, because everything exists on the mental plane first. Once that thought form is there, is there. Now, to see your chart and hear and hear and hear and hear the uh, hear the hear that the lion, you know, the the, the I'll put that like the lion of Judah inside of you. The courage and the strength that you have and me understanding that you are Capricorn energy and the planet Pluto, which is probably the most powerful planet in the solar system, and this is why they had to demote it as a as a planet to take it out of the psyche of the people because it's in a sensitive place that will totally overthrow and dismantle what we call or what we perceive world powers to be. You have Pluto in the place in the sky that is is right where the sun was at when you were born. And this energy emits a very strong ray of power to you. And it also, most importantly, since you deal with Reiki, it gives you a power to um, re to to allow you to rebirth yourself. 
You can go through a, a stage yeah. where you can regenerate yourself and you can become young again, literally. You can do some exercises, um, you know, to your liking, of course, that will literally start the reversing of the age process where you can become younger. And I think that the challenge for such a master like yourself with the nines, and the nine is universal life, but it's an ending because it's a beginning that's coming, that it would be wonderful to see pictures of you before, the pictures of you now, and then pictures of you going through your regeneration process, and you show people what it's like to actually become the phoenix bird living in the flesh, like literally start process of regeneration. Like you said, certain Buddhist people grew sets of hair gray from black or black to gray three, four different times, lost their teeth three, four different times, and start working on what they call the light body technique, you know what I mean, or the rainbow body you know, which I know you're familiar with, and you have the potential in this lifetime right now, based off where the planet Pluto is, to tap into that divine power. And I would like to see you um, leave some striking evidence back that this is a process that you went through so people can start to learn their immortality. Well, you have got a good observation there. Now, everything you just said, I already did that. I'm coming down the mountain. No, I'm coming down the mountain, but I got students all around me. Now, they just brought me back to Italy. I was in Italy when I was 27 years old with no money, but I taught the people. Uh Now, 37 years later, they brought me back with carte blanche. I was there eight days with my crew from here. I didn't pay for anything, and I came home and made... $1,800, $1,800, that ain't no money, but I bought a brand new iMac computer, 27-inch screen, running uh-huh. the RAM, very fast, and I'm talking to you on the radio show, and I'm sitting in front of eight computer screens, uh-huh. and they all on, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm still teaching how I did this. Because the power that I use is inside of me, not outside. Right. And anybody can do this. Now, they just had a bad tragedy uh, up this way uh, in uh, Newtown, Connecticut. And the kids got shot. Mm-hmm. And everybody's praying. But after a few days, they're going to be right back to the same old, I don't care about you thing. It only happens when people come together when they got to get an earthquake on top of them or a tidal wave or some disaster that makes them come together. And then they do it now for one week. And then they go right back to the same thing that got them in trouble. So I'm looking at this from far saying, if you can do it for a week, you could do it forever. Yes. Okay. The argument there. I agree with you. Well, thank you, Marvin. Stay you put. You, you stay put. And okay. I want to thank you so much for taking the time out. I mean, that was the last reading, you know. Um, I don't. I don't need a reading, but I thank you. It, it was just. It was so powerful. Everybody thank really, 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 really loved it, and just being an inspiration. 
and taking time out again to come on here and give out your information. So, again, I would like you to tell people where they can get in touch with you at. Yeah, visit the website, www.myastrologycoach.com. Um, click on the events tab. we got a lot of stuff going on. Um, Spring Equinox, we will be down in the Atlanta area on the 33rd parallel, um, tapping into some beautiful energy that's there. Um, so we host trips. Um, have a workshop in Chicago coming up in January the 13th. Um, called the Sun of the Sun Workshop, going to deal with crystal ball meditation. So it's going to be a beautiful indoor event. And um, stay on the blog. Check us out on the blog. We'll be write a lot, you know, um, you know, despite what we will be thinking and what's going on every night. And uh, I'm about to hop on my radio show right here on Blog Talk, which is Ampu A N P U Ampu Astrology, and uh, we'll be on in 20 minutes at 10 o'clock all the way up to midnight. We're going to discuss how the spirit world works and what this um, shooting was all about and, most importantly, what was God at inside of this process and uh, what is the language of the gods and the messengers and, and, and for how, you know, how we can adjust our perception and understand the symbolic language of uh, tragic events like this and whatnot. So, you know, we're about to go live on the radio. But just most importantly, visit the website, myastrologycoach.com, and stay up to breast with us. And thank you for for having me. It was definitely a pleasure. And anytime you need me, let me know. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. But I'll be slipping over there because that sounds like that's up my speed to figure out what's you know going on. And uh, well, well, be be warned. It's gonna be a different guy that you from what you hear tonight right here. I, I get into a different mode when the spirit comes through. So <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's all about energy, yeah. and it's and that's yeah. what I like. It's all about yeah. energy. If you know Doctor Valentine, and if you know Queen of Fun, and, mm-hmm. and you know uh, Mitchell, Doctor Mitchell Gibson, and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. then definitely they want to look you up and listen to you as well. And if you know about us or our set society and all the information that you've been putting forth to us and being so gracious and giving it to us. And we're literally spoon, what I call spoon feeding us uh, elaborate, um, in depth information. We really appreciate that, and give you know give honor to you. So and and you've been highly recommended, and that's it's just that's an awesome thing. So we will, I will see you on the as I said, the flip side of radio. Okay. I'll be on the All other right. side. <laughs> so Indeed. All good. right. All right, peace. Okay, peace and blessings. Oh, okay, Mr. Marvin. Yes, I'm here. Okay, you don't have to type, love. I got you, loud and clear. Uh, I, I was typing my, I was, I, I'm, I've been sitting here doing, uh, I put a few things up on Facebook. Okay. It's the holiday season and all that, so being a musician, even if I'm not working, I got so many videos up, I got about 1,900 up. So, okay. So, uh, what I I send people music. Okay. Some of a Christmas card or something. Right. Well, I want you to tell people in the room because you're still live, dear. <laughs> I want oh, people cool. you to. I want you to tell people about uh, your album that just came out, and let people know that you will be here on Monday with Denise Lyle Cook. We will also be having Kimberly Lee Williams music um, from L.A., and everybody knows her through uh, Chris, Christine Nelson, and that's how we came together, me and her, to meet. 
And also I will have a, a brother named by the name of Greg Craig. And they're going to have all aspects. And we're going to have little little um, parts of their music played live. So tell us about your album. Give us a little, you know, well, just a little quick synopsis because we're going to be out in a few minutes. And I, we I, want you to have something to say on Monday. Well, I, I think that the album is very unique in the way it was produced in that first I'm going to give you a summary of the of the whole thing. About 12 years ago, in 2001, I moved up to the mountains. That's where they talk about you're up near Bear Mountain and Newburgh and places like that. Okay, I moved up here. I didn't have no students, but I wanted to get a few students, so I did. I, I got about 10 or 15, maybe 20 students after I went around for a while. Well, one of the students, his name is Andrew Greeny. And I met him in a town called New Falls. They got the big college. Anyway, makes a long story short, I taught him for 12 years and brought him from a green-nosed player to a master drummer. So we started living together. We bartered. He had a room. I had some lessons. So we did that. And we went on. What we did, we ended up buying a beautiful recording studio with all the high-tech machines, just like the studio guy, with the mixing horns and all that. Make a long story short, we cut the album in one hour with the constituents of myself. That's all of the master players in all of the universities everywhere. They're all with me. We cut the record in an hour, and me and Andrew mixed the record over a weekend in our own studio, which means we recorded, we mixed, we mastered, and we put it out. I went to Europe. When I came back, we put the record out, and it is fantastic to have that kind of control over what you're letting people hear. That's my story in a quick nutshell. Monday, we can talk a little more. Okay. That is good. And And your album just came out last month, right? Yeah. And it's called it's called Majestic. Okay. Uh, you said you had a little piece you wanted people to hear. Well, if they would like to hear, I could I could sure arrange that. That'd I'm be sure good. Sure that it would come through the sound system all right. Let's see if we can get that to happen. Okay. The Wait first one, the first one's called Search for a New Land. Let's see if we can bring that up. Okay. Oh, I see. It's on my big machine. Aha. Uh-huh. I gotta bring it up on the small machine. I'm on a I'm on a laptop with, with you guys. Okay. But I can still bring it up. Where it'll play out of here. I think the listeners will be able to hear it. Okay. Let's see if it'll work. Can you hear that? Oh, yeah, we can hear it. <laughs> it was boom. Is it too loud? Um, No, not for me.
want to do? You want to hear more? Well, we you were listening. Hear more? We hear more. I mean, you can keep playing. I got I the mean, whole album here. Okay, well, you did better than if I did. Wanna, well, I mean, if you wanted, I can just put it back up. I don't know, you know, I can let you hear as much as you want, because, you know. I think it's, it's a music. bad album. Yeah, music is healing. We'd love to hear more. I made, I made it nice and cheap. I made the album nice and cheap so everybody could get it. All right. I, I like didn't try it. to make a lot of money on it. You see, because what, what it's really, to me, is about teaching the young people that come after us. Basically, I'm setting it up for myself when I come back to get my money. I don't want to get the money this time. I'm making the calls now to make this thing, teaching all the cats, teaching them how to record, teaching them how to build their music thing. And I've got 1,900 videos up, 340-something, 341 on YouTube, and 900, uh, 1,900 on Vimeo. So I've given them a total library with all of the masters that play at these various universities around here. Mm-hmm. I'm surrounded by universities. To yep. my uh, to my to my left to my right side, I have uh, I mean to my left side I have Maris yep. and I have Culinary Institute of America where you learn how to cook. <laughs> and then on the other side I have Vassar. Uh huh. Vassar, they got a hospital and they got a Vassar College. That's on my right side, and I'm in the middle. I'm teaching the doctor level of music. I'm teaching people how you think you just play music. No, I think you got to be right inside yourself. Okay. So I put Stacey down for, I just wrote something called What's Up? What's Up? Uh, mankind, what's up? Because I think it's very funny. I think it's very funny that all year round on Facebook, people argue with each other. As soon as you say a question or or something you want to say, 10,000 people jump on and have an argument. And it's an argument on Facebook every day. So there's 12 months in a year. For 11 months, people on Facebook argue every day. Racism and all of that stuff is rampant on Facebook and it's online. But then the Christmas month comes, December. And when Christmas month comes and it starts getting into shopping days, people change. They start getting jovial, what they should be all year. They start to get it when they start getting into Christmas spirit. And then it's joy to the world, goodwill to men. And the New Year's hits, and after New Year's, people go back and pick up the same bullshit that got them messed up in the first place. So I don't understand it because when you play music, sometimes you don't know the song. But there are people that know a little bit more than you, and they'll put their little part in to make the song complete and sound good. So when you're playing music, People work as a team, even if they don't know things, to get the job done and have beautiful music. People do everything in the world to make the other guy mad. So there's harmony. There's no harmony. So when I read about these disasters, 
Yeah, I understand the man was crazy and a lunatic. Where was he living? In Connecticut. Connecticut is like its own country. They got money there. People want to live there because they want to live away from a lot of people and all that. But in the midst of that, there was this crazed killer. So I think the action that people got to do when they think about playing music is not so much hurry up, let's play some music and make some money, but they got to check themselves inside so that this music that people are hearing affects them the right way. Okay, sounds good to me. Every one of my concerts, people feel peace. Every one of them. Even if they don't know what jazz is. Okay, that's good. So you spread the love, you spread the joy, you spread the harmony. And that's what we can look forward to. Monday. On on Monday. So everybody come out. We got Dr. Boogaloo Smith here. That's going to tell you about some jazz, and we have our favorite, uh, Denise Lyles, that's coming in live, and we're going to have Kimberly Lee um, with her music and contribution uh, on Monday. Um, She's straight out of L.A., and then we got Craig, uh, Greg Craig, and he's out of uh, Florida, and he's going to talk about from the holistic perspective with his music and sound, with a little bit of rap. So... We're going to do it all. We're going to make it a musical day of musical of healing. So um, without further ado, because we're, we're down to some minutes and change, I want to say, everyone, thank you for joining Food Alchemy at its greatest with Chef Sussie, the Food Alchemist. And if you miss any part of this show, ladies and gentlemen, and you would like to go, go back to the archives and listen, because it was a phenomenal show. Peace and love to everyone. I am Chef Ceci, the Food Alchemist, and you've been listening to Food Alchemy. Blessings. You want me to leave that music on? No, we're 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 out. We're out. I'm ending You're the out? show. We're out. We okay. End. I will see you on the flip side, love. Yeah, baby. Okay, ciao. 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 <laughs>